hefty fellow, and so I need to pick people like Churchill and Ben Franklin. And fortunately, they also have a lot of humor to them as well. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things that I uh, loved about both of the shows that I saw. I saw Churchill and uh, Franklin, and both of them, you you engaged the audience. Um, you know, it wasn't we weren't sitting there bored. At the tears, we were engaged because of the humor and because, um, to, at least to me, you really relate like that you're really them, that you're, that I'm sitting there really interacting with Ben Franklin and, and Winston Churchill. And I'm a fan of both of them. I, I knew about them both before I saw your shows, but you know, there was little interesting facts about them that, um, you know, I didn't know. So you do, I'm assuming you do a lot of research or have done a lot of research. Are you still finding out new details about these characters you portray? Absolutely. Uh, it's Oh, boy. I've been studying Ben Franklin for officially for 29 years and performing as Ben for 29 years. And, oh, my goodness. He – every year I discover new things about him. And – New books keep coming out, and I, I read them all, and it's just always fun. And he has such a rich, textured life. It, it's almost like he was a cat. He had nine lives as far as his different careers and his different interests. And what makes him so fascinating is his curiosity, because because he was so curious, he tried and invented so many things, and he just explored the world. He spent more than half his life in London and Paris, uh, his adult life at least, he spent overseas. So that's uh, just amazing back in that time when very few people traveled more than 30 miles from their home. And, and I think, wouldn't you agree that, you know, if Ben were living today, that it would probably, um, he would probably really take to the internet, I think, because he was really about getting information out there, um, you know, through his different publications and just trying to educate and, and learn, learn himself. So, so don't you agree that he would probably love the internet? Oh, he would be a key player in the internet. Uh, and he was a master of PR. So, he would definitely be uh, shamelessly promoting himself in every which way. Do you think? Um, do you think that? I guess politicians of today, um, you know, and, and I was actually reading about this recently. You know, politicians of today, a lot of them are, like you say, not very humorous characters. But um, the thing that we've learned from history is that a lot of the forefathers. They, they had huge personalities, much bigger than themselves. Um, do you think that's one of the things we're kind of lacking today, or do you think it's still out there, but just maybe not? Maybe, maybe we will learn about that historically over time, or do you think it is kind of the same? Uh, well, I, I think at least American politicians are lacking in, in humor. They, I think they're incredibly cautious. Uh, they're so afraid of, uh, negative, uh, journalism, uh, or reporting on them. So they're, 
they're very close to the cuff. Um, but it, it's many, many of the, uh, people back in my, in colonial times, uh, had, uh, they were, they were quite prolific in their writing. Um, the only person that Ben Franklin found to be a bit of a stick in the mud and dry was probably John Adams. <laughs> John Adams and Ben Franklin went over to Paris to try and convince King Louis to help them in their aid with the Revolutionary War. And Ben Franklin would be out till four in the morning in the salons and he'd be drinking and networking and shaking hands and all kinds of connections were made. Whereas John Adams was early to bed and early to rise, he he played he paid more attention <laughs> to the expression that I had in poor Richard Zalmanek than than uh, oh I'm sorry excuse me I just said I had and that's funny because I was going to say something after you got done talking because there was, <laughs> that was the second time that was the second time during talking so you know and I don't mean to interrupt your train of thought but. You know, is it really hard not to be the character? <laughs> well, I, I I talk so much as the character that I <laughs> I see when I'm speaking in the third person about that Franklin, <laughs> I just slip into the uh, I I I, <laughs> which is but, fine, which is fine. I think I think that that is you know goes along to your passion for it and you know your obviously your your positivity towards it that you know it just. And I, I, I picked up on it the first time, and I'm, like, kind of sitting here laughing, like, wow. I mean, but it, it is you. I mean, and you do it, as you say, so much. It, it's kind of become part of you. <laughs> yes, and it's, and I, I tell many of these stories over and over, and so I, I naturally say an I, but, of course, it's it's Ben, not me. <laughs> but... um I don't have some kind of split personality where I actually think I am Ben Franklin. <laughs> or at least that's what Ben tells you to tell everybody. Else, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so Ben would stroll into the office in Paris at about eleven or noon, and John Adams had been in the office six, since six a.m. and he would just shoot Ben dirty looks and just be so irate that he wasn't in the office working. But little did he know that Ben was actually getting a lot more accomplished at night with the networking. And John Adams, uh, very few uh, Parisians took to John Adams. They they all found him a bit of a stick in the mud, just like the rest of us did. <laughs> the, the personalities of the time and the, um, you know, I guess just there, there's there's a lot of things that you learn through history that have massively changed. Well, for one thing, you know, even with your character that you do, Churchill, and with Franklin, they were both, you know, obviously pretty heavy drinkers. Um, you know, but back in that time, that was much more accepted than it is today. Um, you know, people were worried about the water supply and about all sorts of things. But do you think... You know, if they drank as much as they did back then, today as politicians, and that they were alive today, 
you know, would we think of them just as drunks or would we think of them, you know, as, you know, the great people that they, you know, we think of them today? <laughs> um, that's a good question. Uh, Senator Ted Kennedy had a reputation for enjoying his drink, and he's a modern politician. Right. Passed away, but modern. Um, so, I, I, I and I, I think some politicians still have their uh, their cocktail lunches down on Capitol Hill. Um, but yes, back then, I mean, people were afraid to drink the water. Uh, I mean, one famous Ben Franklin quote is, in wine there is wisdom, in beer there is freedom, in water there is bacteria. <laughs> and so a lot of people would drink beer just to uh, be safe, uh, having the bacteria burned off. And um, But I, th- there, there was definitely more drinking going on back then than... Uh, Churchill drank more than Ben Franklin did. That, that's for sure. Of, of um, my characters, and Teddy Roosevelt hardly drank at all. Right. So you know, to the process of you know, you portraying these people, um, you usually do it for groups. I take it, and you know, tell me a little bit about that. About you know, obviously, from what I know, you're doing very well at this, um, but. You know, how much of a demand is there for your characters right now? Um, This month, uh, I'm booked about 15 of the 30 days. And it it comes and goes. There's certain months that are slower than others. Uh, Typically, after July 4th till about September 1st, uh, it slows down. And... That's because primarily these days I'm doing corporate events, and most corporate events occur throughout the rest of the year, but in that summer slump, that's when families go on vacations and corporations have very few events going on. So you um, obviously, you know, this takes up a lot of your time, obviously, but what do you, what do, you do for fun? What... You know, what does Brian like? Not, I mean, not what Brent, Ben, we have to, we have to make sure we do what Ben likes too, but, um, no, what does, uh, what, 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 is, what do you enjoy doing? Do you like to travel or, you know, what, what makes you tick? <laughs> well, it's, it's been a while, um, since we've really traveled far, farther than just up and down the East Coast. Uh, our last big trip was over to Ireland and that was great fun. Uh, we loved it, and also England, and in London we we caught some theater. Uh, my wife and I go to New York all the time to see Broadway shows, and um, locally, both in Philly and Wilmington, Delaware, we're out seeing music festivals, going to food festivals, um, just soaking in the culture that way. Um, is your wife also into acting, or does she have a different career? Or? She's retired from acting, um, but she had a very good 30-year career as a TV actress. She was in all the major shows out there as a guest star or co-star. She was in 
the one-hour dramas, you know, Criminal Minds, CSI. Uh, she did Glee, which was very popular when it was out, and True Blood and all kinds of... She has a long list of, of TV shows she was in. And and how about yourself? You know, what is some of the shows that we've probably seen that you were in? Because you did mention that, you know, you've done some other acting other than just portraying the characters. What are some of the things we might have seen you in? Um, there was a little sitcom you might have heard of it called The Office. Yeah, just a, I, I'm a huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was in The Office, um, and uh, my scene was with Steve Carell, and it was great fun. Steve Carell is the nicest guy in the world, and every the great thing about Steve is he doesn't do it the same way twice because his background is improv, and so you just have to keep on your toes and respond and react to whatever he's throwing at you, and it, it was a lot of fun. I I, I, I love that show. Um seen almost every episode. Um, now I have to go find your episode. <laughs> but, the, but, the, but, yeah. the episode is called Lecture Circuit Part 1. Okay, I will find that. Um, I, I played the character of Mark, uh, but Steve Carell nicknamed me Baldy. I think I, I actually think I remember that kind of, you know, just, it's been a while since I've seen, you know, all the episodes, but I will definitely look that up. Um, you know, what, I guess, what is more fulfilling, uh, you know, when you did these acting roles and, you know, and, and I guess, I, I saw this asked of Samuel L. Jackson um, not too long ago on 60 Minutes. You know, do you watch yourself like, you know, like do you videotape any of your shows or do you like, you know, the, when you were on TV, did you watch yourself? Well, for business purposes, you have to because you create demo reels so mm-hmm. casting directors can uh, look at your work. Um, so, it's yeah, it's, it's part part of the business is to uh, capture all the tape you can and put together a, a three minute demo reel with um, your different guest spots and things like that on it. And what, one one thing that I kept very busy with out there um, while uh, Vice President Dick Cheney was in office. I was the number one Dick Cheney for both Jimmy Kimmel Live and Jay Leno. So during their monologues, they would uh, occasionally have Dick Cheney in the news, and they would, especially the year that Dick Cheney actually accidentally shot a friend of his during a hunting trip, and um, that when that occurred, Jimmy Kimmel loved it so much that he had me on every day for about two weeks doing different <laughs> comedy, different comedy sketches, shooting anybody and everybody. <laughs> That's hilarious. I, I mean, so, you know, I can't imagine, you know, the people that you've met over time and, you know, even briefly and, you know, Carell and Jimmy Kimmel and all of them, you know, who I and this is kind of a, a double edged thing. Of all the people that you met 
and maybe only met once or, or twice or whatever, who would you most want to have like a sit down with and actually get to talk with? Is there, is there anybody that you only met in passing that you wish you got to talk to more? Oh gosh. Um, it's a hard question. It's a hard question. I'm full of hard questions. <laughs> um, that's, that's a great question. Um, I would I would say I, and I never worked with him, but I bumped into Tom Hanks at a restaurant and chatted briefly with him. And I would I would love to just sit down and have a three hour dinner with him with drinks and uh, just shoot the breeze and just listen to stories. He's he's lit, he's had so many roles in his career, and he's also quite an entertaining storyteller. Yeah, he's, um, I, I, I've seen him interviewed many times and you're right. He's just, I think he's, uh, he, he goes from zero to 60 quicker than any person that I know. It's, it, he'll just be sitting there looking like he's half asleep and then all of a sudden he's, you know, spouting off things. And I think, I think he's an incredible actor and, you know, I think that would be a good one. Mine's always been, um, and obviously I can't have dinner with him now because he passed, but I always wanted to sit down with Robin Williams. I just, I, I, for whatever reason, I always connected with Robin Williams. Um, did you ever get to meet him? Um, I didn't meet him. I, he was actually a guest one evening when I was doing Dick Cheney on Jimmy Kimmel. So I saw him. But he was down the hall, so but I didn't go up and speak to him. But I saw right. him, and he was he was surrounded with a bunch of people. So I did and I'm not. Sure that was his, I'm sure that was his life. That was his life being surrounded by a bunch of people because he was just. Um, I, I don't. I can't even put into words what I think about him. And, you know, I, I just consider him one of the most funny people that out there, and the roles that he was able to do it's just always amazing. Absolutely. So, um, starting to kind of wrap up, but, you know, tell me a little bit more about, you know, what's fun to you. You know, you said travel and things like that. We talked about that a little, but, you know, everybody has that thing that they do to relax. Um, is it food and wine? Is it, you know, watching TV? Do you, do you keep up with news at all? Or, you know, just trying to get into your head a little, I guess. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, in the car, I'm, I'm driving a lot to all corporate events or school assemblies or universities or wherever the next performance is. I'm driving a lot, so I'm constantly listening to NPR. Um, I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, their game show on Saturdays. Uh, it's And as far as... Relaxing. Uh, I, I am an aficionado of craft beer. Uh, I would say I'm a craft beer snob. <laughs> I called my I called myself that many a time. Uh, so that's a, top, that's a topic we can talk about for a few minutes or a few hours. Um, but, um, so, so I've wherever, asked, wherever I've, I'm, Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, wherever I'm traveling to, I often look to see if there's a craft brewery or a craft uh, restaurant that serves craft beer, um, you know, places that have 
45 taps of craft beer um, I tend to be drawn to. Yeah. It's funny, uh, probably, you know, like I said, you know, you're the eighth guest on the show. Um, at least half of them, um, one of them was underage, so we can't include her, but um, at least half of them were craft beer, you know, snobs like us. Um, but I've asked this question on numerous occasions, and I kind of want your take on it. I have my own personal take that the market has sort of become oversaturated with craft beers. Um, what's your take on that? Well, I, I'm chagrined when uh, nine out of ten taps are IPAs. I, I know that's the trending thing. Um, sours are also trending right now. And right. I, I, I do drink IPAs and um, I enjoy them, but I really also like uh, the maltier, darker beers. Um, yeah. there, there's a Scottish ale called a, a Wee Heavy is a type of beer wow. that's very delicious. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I enjoy a good porter and the dark brown ales, nut brown ales, things like that. Uh, they're they're not the hot ticket right now. So I, I I'm a little disappointed when the you know as I said nine out of ten things on tap are IPAs. That's kind of missing out on on the larger pie chart. <laughs> I. I... I find this interesting. I had a friend when I was growing up. This was um, probably in the late 70s. Um, we were in probably, I don't know, fourth or fifth grade, and he collected beer cans. And, you know, that, you know, for, there was people that didn't understand that his parents allowed him to collect beer cans, but they allowed him to collect beer cans. So, you know, he had, you know, the, uh, what was it, Billy Beer, which was Jimmy Carter's uh, right. brother. Right, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It was awful. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And he had you know, different cans and stuff like that that were just, you know, different Budweiser's and different beers from around the world. And he probably had 150, 200 cans in his beer collection of unique beer cans. But now you you come to now and every beer, every beer can – it seems to me like we've got into the shock value of things. Like, for example, um, there's a beer out now that um, it's made with fruity pebbles and edible glitter. Now, <laughs> here. <laughs> that's that's one that that's one phrase I used when I uh, talked about that. But um, and it's called it's called unicorn farts, which makes a hundred percent sense that that would like you know. A beer drinker would love that, but I think that they've the beer industry as a whole has lost the focus of the people like you and me who like the darker beers and the maltier beers and the beers that are beer. And now they're trying to get the younger generation, the 21 through 30 range, to try their beer, and they have to come up with these crazy flavors and you know, uh, there's a lot of breweries now that every Saturday have a can release of a unique beer that, that's a one-off. That they make it once and move on to the next thing. And I'm not sure how much, I don't know how that's going to propel the industry to keep it alive for the long term. 
Um, you know, I don't drink as much as I used to, um, but that's partially me, not the industry and that there aren't offerings out there for me. But it it's very crazy. I've, I've followed the craft beer industry since its beginnings, and one of the things that I don't think the industry realizes or the individuals realize, this is not the first craft beer revolution. You know, back in the, you know, 30s and 40s, there was a, a, a little microbrewery on every corner because shipping costs were out of this world to ship it anywhere. So you've got your beer locally. You know, the Baltimore's of the world, you know, had, you know, 20, 30 microbreweries. And, you know, it's, I think they've kind of lost track of that. And at least in my opinion, I didn't mean to get up on the soapbox there, but. <laughs> well, I can't disagree with you. I, I'm 100% right on your side there. It's, uh, but there, there, there are some places that are are better at. Yeah, I I, I enjoy Lagunitas, and when they bring out a specialty beer, the a lot of times they. Uh, they do have uh, a, a multi-specialty beer, and um, I've, have you, I don't know if you've had um, Old Chubb. Uh, I have. From yeah. Oscar, mm-hmm. Oscar Blues yeah. uh, Brewery. I, yep. I, I find it interesting that it's kind of like Rita's uh, Italian Ice. You know, they they put these flavors into the beer. And a lot of times it is the real ingredients and stuff like that. And even with Rita's, it's kind of the real ingredients. But some of the flavors that they put into beer amaze me. Um, my One of my favorite beers of all times is by DeClaw's Sweet Baby Jesus, which is chocolate and peanut butter. Uh, I believe it's a porter. Um, it's, it, it's amazing. I can't drink many of them. It's kind of like rich and heavy, but it's a good sure. Once in a while, beer. Um, yeah, it's a, it's what I call a dessert beer. <laughs> correct. Yeah. And, yeah. You, you, um, you can just have you you have one uh, at the end of the night or something like that. And I think the the thing that people lose track of, um, you know, especially I feel like around here, people every time they hear the new breweries opening, they're like, oh, just what we need more alcohol. These breweries do things for the community. They. Uh, a, obviously make jobs. B, people don't realize what a tourist industry it is just for people that get in their car and go to three or four breweries in a day. Um, and, and I think that's lost. I, you know, I, I've met so many nice people that I normally wouldn't have met by just going into a brewery and sitting there for an hour. Sure. And it's, it's like-minded people. I think that's part of it. You know, it's, you know, everybody's there for the same thing. Well, we started to uh, get close on our time here. Um, it really went by quick, and I'm so appreciative that you took time out of your busy schedule to be on the phone with me. Um, would My you like pleasure. To, yeah, would you like to promote, you know, some of your upcoming events that people could come see you at and um, just, you know, your Facebook or anything you want to promote? Oh, sure. Well, I have a lot of private corporate events coming up and school assemblies coming up, but those obviously aren't open to the public. Um, and another exciting thing that just happened this morning is I got called uh, 
it looks like at the end of the month, I'm going to be shooting an AARP commercial as Ben Franklin. And wow. the shoot is going to take place in Washington, D.C. So that was very exciting news this morning. So I'm, I'm thrilled about that. I love doing any on-camera Ben Franklin material. So, But as far as open to the public, I will be at the Berlin Library in Berlin, Maryland, Tuesday, April 23rd at 2 p.m. It will be a one-hour presentation filled with fun facts and lots of humor. And then that evening, it's a double header, folks, <laughs> that evening, I'll be at the South Coast Library in Bethany Beach, Delaware at 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. They're free and open to the public. And you can find me on the web at BenFranklinImpersonator.com, on Instagram at BenFranklinImpersonator, on Facebook at BenFranklinImpersonator, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I um, I appreciate your time, and uh, folks, that was another episode of Two on the Phone, episode eight in the books, and uh, we're planning something pretty special for episode ten, but we'll get to that uh, pretty soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Two on the Phone. Please follow us on Facebook, Two on the Phone. Also, please, for timely and accurate news and information, follow Shore News Beacon on Facebook. Thank you.